Morning, everyone, and welcome to the property show for Saturday morning. This is the buy, revamp, rent and repeat episode for sustainable letting success. And to join me this morning, I have Jim Parker. Um, he is an investor landlord, a very successful one, Jim. So I thought <laughs> this one would be right up your street to, to cover. And also joining us this morning, we have James Watson, also a buy to let investor. And uh, again, this whole process of rent, uh, buy, revamp, rent, repeat is kind of, that's what you do. So I think this is going to be a good topic to cover this morning. So how are you both doing? Absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Um, brilliant. I mean, this is this is, uh, this, this is exactly what my zone is every single yeah. time. This is all I do every single time, day in, day out. Forget student lets, forget holiday lets, forget anything like that. This is the masterclass in wealth creation. Yeah. I think you'll agree with that, uh, James. See, I'm pumped already. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's many different uh, different models of buy to let, but the proven winning formula is obviously buying a pro property that needs renovation, um, upgrading the specification, and then releasing that increased equity to fund another buy to let, and so on and so on. Um, and that's obviously what you, the model that both of you uh, follow and tried and tested, of course. Um, it's tried and tested, but there's a lot of people out there that do this uh, BRRR, what they call it. Yeah. Um, but remember, there's different ways of doing it and slight different st slight different creations on that. Yeah. Um, and, and other people that have actually hadn't trodden that path long enough actually don't understand the things that can go wrong if they don't do it right um, and further on. Because um, I've, I've done lots of things wrong over the last 30 years. And I tell you what, it's like I, I know exactly what to do right now, but it's, it's cost me a few bob <laughs> uh, finding yeah, out what went wrong. Um, yeah, so uh, I think uh, it's important to speak to people like yourself, Jim, and obviously you, James, that have, have been through all the scenarios and have learned from your mistakes and, and pass, be able to pass that wisdom on to people that maybe are a wee bit more inexperienced and save them the trouble and the expense of making the mistakes that you have made through you, obviously. So, created, basically created a, a, a path that. Um, that has actually been smoothed out over the years. I mean, yeah. I, I, I invented the wheel basically for myself. Yeah, um, I didn't reinvent someone else's wheel. There was no wheel at the time, so, yeah, um, we... so I, I found out exactly what I needed to do and how I need to do it. And it's people like James as well that actually benefit from that because you know I'm happy to share that with any any, any other people. Yep, yeah, yeah, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jim. We spoke previously about obviously like the uh, buy to let finance and, and mortgages and things. I mean, back when you began all this. The conversations you've had with banks and things to to actually kind of implement that because it wasn't in place at the time so and we'll talk about buy to let finance as we go but yeah, can i just say can i just say for people watching um we're going to be having a master class on monday night at 6 30. so yeah. this is going to be the wealth creation class monday night every 6 30 on a monday night we will have this live we will also do for our own clients and own customers we will do um we will do um one one-offs every month um, for them and them only, it will not be broadcast online. So if you use our services, we will go more in depth and deep dive a deep dive into that and how to do that and how to create that and how to how to get that system to work smoothly for you as well. So we are actually going to be this is a whole thing over the next year that we are moving towards in order to help people to create a lot more wealth than what they're doing. So this is just one part of it, but this is the, the big part is that actually the, the wealth creation show on six thirty on Monday night and uh, and the one-offs every single month for just our customers on a private Zoom uh, seminar as well. 
Yeah, we have our investors club, of course. So if you're interested in that, please obviously message us um, and let us know if that's something you'd be interested in and we could discuss that. Um, but yeah, homes in need of work cost less to buy, which immediately reduces the cost of stamp duty and land and building tax. And when you're not paying for somebody else's taste, you could add value by updating the interior and identifying untapped potential in property. So with tenancies getting longer and renting uh, becoming a lifestyle choice, which is something we've spoke about that has really become uh, apparent recently, uh, tenants are looking for high quality homes uh, to live for longer. Um, by meeting the continually growing demand, you'll achieve a higher rent and grow up or a profitable long-term business. And that's basically, that is your key goal, I think, when you're in the buy-to-let. It should be if you're in the, in the long-term buy-to-let business. Um, and I'm sure that's kind of your your take on things, uh, James, and how you um, obviously work your business model as you go through your journey. Absolutely. Just one quick one. As with an investment, it's uh, a long-term solution. Yeah. Great thing about the great thing about on here, you've got you, Richard, who's an experienced property manager and lens director. You've got myself as a seasoned property investor over th about 30 years. You've got James that's just started out in his journey. So you've got a bit of everything that everybody yeah. can incorporate. Sometimes I actually forget the, the fear that I had in the beginning of not being able to get over that hurdle in the beginning. But James actually still remembers that quite well because it's yeah. only been a short period of time for him. Whereas me, you know, I'm... I, I, I've forgotten about all that and it's like now happy days you know that's mm -hmm. 17 years since I retired from industry I, and I've never looked back since and I will never ever work for anybody ever again and my income will never ever de be dependent on anyone else ever again as a result and it has been like that for the last 17 years yeah yeah we've all got different um, aspects of the industry to kind of contribute and um, I think so if you've got any questions at all as we're going through the show please Drop them in um, and we will try and answer them as best we can. Uh, got a couple of good mornings. Morning, Angela. Um, so, yeah, any comments as we go through, we will pick them up. And um, if you're watching this on a replay, um, feel free to message us. Can way. I just say, interestingly enough, and, and it's a good topic um, um, about um, uh, accidental landlords. Yeah. Um, if you're an accidental landlord, I'd suggest you probably just sell anyway. Um, and, and probably come to us, we'll give you the best advice for it. And the reason for that is because Angela. Um, Angela's a classic example about she keeps getting landlords that then decide that, oh, Angela's a fantastic tenant. She looks yeah. after the property. She's always in touch with us and, and, and everything like that. She's always in touch with our managing agent as well. She's everything perfect. She pays a really good amount of rent to someone. Unfortunately, she's getting accidental landlords or landlords who are actually taking profits. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's difficult because then it doesn't give her a security of tenure. Um, what our business models are designed to do is actually secure a tenure. It's like we have no intention of ever, ever selling these properties um, yeah. because these properties will always generate income for my family, for my family in the future, for their family in the future, and for their family in the future. And it will go on and on and on in succession and build wealth over the long term and creation of time. And ultimately, in the next hundred years, you've probably built a dynasty and this is where it all started. Uh, and yeah. it's hard for people to believe that if you're sitting right now at this point in time, but it's perfectly achievable. You're talking to a guy who was homeless and unemployed at his early, at his late teens. So, you know, homeless and unemployed at my late teens. And then all of a sudden, you know, 38-year-old retired and financially free. And then 17 years later, I'm where I am. I'm not going to say what, where I am now, but I know I'm in the top 1% in Britain. Yeah. And uh, just to clarify, obviously, if anybody's wondering what an accidental landlord does, um, <laughs> if you've inherited a property or if by chance your job change and you need to move and then you're, 
renting your property obviously only for maybe a short period of time. Um, I think if you're putting tenants in place, you need to be kind of transparent about what length of tenancy, because a lot of tenants, um, like Angela herself, has a lifestyle choice and want a long-term tenancy. So you need to, both the tenant and the landlord need to be upfront about that kind of tenancy term, especially with the implications of the new PRT in Scotland as well, because obviously no yeah. experience yeah. has all changed. It's good to point out as well, it's healthy to have a proper private rented sector, which is yeah. properly monitored, properly legislated and properly properly controlled and, and and you know duty of care put in place and everything like that and that's fine what the Scottish government's doing I'm happy with that to a degree because it does pro professionalize our industry and um, but it's always right to have a healthy buy to let private sector and the reason for that is because you, you well look at now if it wasn't for us there would be a lot of people who haven't had homes because the government hasn't built enough for them so yeah. it's clear to point that out we are there for a reason um, we are there to provide and pick up that slack just now. If the government want rid of us, and I'll say this quite blatantly, build more affordable accommodation and social housing, and we will disappear forever. That is the way to get rid of us if you really want rid of us. Legislating is going to do no good because if you legislate, we'll disappear and you'll have nothing for people that need to rent. And maybe it'll go to the people that need to buy. Yeah, fantastic. But I'll no go to the people that need to rent and can only rent, and they'll have nowhere to go. So this is why the buy to let sector is essential and, and right for flexibility of and, and of tenure and also mobility of labour and also for people that don't have any other choice. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously affordable housing, um, we keep plugging that all the time because there, there, there isn't enough. But um, the um, private rented sector does fill a big portion of that that. Uh, the deficit between there not being enough housing and um, we have so many people that's come to us over the years and they wouldn't have a home if it wasn't for us providing yeah, them with yeah. it. So, um, yeah, like you're anyways. saying, rent, rent, rent is a choice in a yeah. lot of situations, you know. Um, and we've, we, we've plugged that gap. I've been getting a lot of hate recently with uh, other people saying that, well, you know, these properties would do people to buy, but not everybody's in that position. Yeah. No, and it, not, not everyone is in that position, and, and some tenants that are kind of working towards that, but um, yeah, a lot of the time it is a lifestyle choice as well. But I'll tell, tell you what though, and I'll say that, James says you know, not everybody's in that position, but let's go back to the fact that homeless and unemployed, you know, I, I wasn't in that position either, so how did I manage to get into this position? Is this what we're quite happy to teach people? Yeah, and um, to get into that position. So this is what this is all about. So if you're out there and you think, I could never ever afford my own house, let us show you that way. Um, yeah. it's, it's quite straightforward to do. It's just a period of discipline, consistency and improvement over time in order to get that and actually uh, and actually making the effort and to do it as well. So we're, we're going we're gonna to discuss all this. And for people out there that don't think they could ever buy their house, I guarantee you, you, could, you, could, you can buy your house at some point in time if you follow these rules and the discipline and procedure that we're going to teach people. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about buy-to-let uh, cost and finance. Um, and obviously before you go hunting for your buy-to-let project to renovate, your first step, uh, step is to confirm your spending power. Uh, and I think your budget and extra cost involved with buying and financing your rental property. And first and uh, most important thing is that buying a second home um, an investment home attracts additional stamp duty and loading, land and building tax. So make sure you factor in upfront expenditure into your plans. Um, someone uh, someone just got, got recently with that. Yeah, just gonna say, we see it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and they've got to pay £8,000 in L LBBT 
And it's like, wow, £8,000. But Goodness in a long term, when you think about it in a long term investment, it's a 4%, uh, it's a 4% addition. But four percent could easily be, um, it could easily could be absorbed over a year in a, in a price increase. So, so, and if you're holding it for the medium to long term, four percent in the scope of things really doesn't matter that much. Yeah, um, that's probably one of the keys to remember out of the, the buy to let costs. But it is, but it is a big cost, and it puts a lot of people off. Yeah, of course. I mean, James, you had uh, any experiences yourself with obviously standard land buildings. Yeah, well, I've not been getting hit too hard because I know a price bracket that I'm willing to sort of go towards. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, again, it's, it comes down to doing the numbers and making sure that uh, all your numbers are right. Um, yeah. Factored in, and you won't get this £8,000 shock. Yeah, the great, the great <laughs> thing is that that extra revenue goes to um, goes to affordable housing, I think. I think it's something like that. They're actually taking it and they're putting it to building affordable housing. So private landlords are actually contributing to building affordable housing. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. We're doing our bit. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, that's good. But yeah. again, as well, second homeowners, the council tax as well, the additional council tax that second homeowners and, and owners like us have, uh, that actually goes to building affordable housing as well. So all that money, it gets the revenue gets generated from us actually goes to build affordable housing for people um, in need. Yeah, I think you really need to um, make sure you're, you're in the know about, obviously, the financial side of things. And if you're not, speak to the right person. Uh, I think that's always important and they will be able to guide you uh, on what the right things are to do and what you need to have in place. And I think there's different implications, of course, between residential uh, mortgages and a buy-to-let mortgage. And obviously, um, the, the loans are usually capped at 75% of the property value. Um, lenders uh, require monthly rental income that's at least 125% of the mortgage repayment. And interest rates and fees are generally higher, as a, obviously, than a residential uh, loan. Um, any advice on buy-to-let mortgages and, and 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 obviously keeping your your head in the right place when you're looking at different uh, products and who to speak to, guys? Just be very wary when it comes to things like, sorry, completion dates, because mm -hmm. uh, you know if you're buying a property out of the residential pot, yeah, uh, you often find that vendors are quite aggressive with when they want things to be completed. And yeah, uh, that can be the case. Yeah. Buy, buy to mortgages, they tend to be done manual underwriting, so it's old school. Mm -hmm. uh, the old abacus gets brought out and stuff and dusted <laughs> off. And uh, yeah, you're talking about maybe at the moment around about an eight, an eight week turnaround in some cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've got buy to let mortgages, and I'll show you on the screen what's available. Say, Jim, you got anything? Uh, yeah, there. So you can see that, okay? Yep. So this is the rates just now. This is for actually owning yourself. Um, so if you own it yourself, there's obviously tax implications about owning it yourself and not owning it yourself. Depending on if you're a lower rate taxpayer, you can own it yourself. If you're a higher rate taxpayer, it's probably better to do in limited company. But we can talk about that. Not in this show, but we'll talk about it in our master classes. Yeah. Um, so 85 products. But look at this. I mean, you're talking about 75% uh, loan to value, 2% uh, arrangement fee, 1.39 for two years. Uh, and these are interest-only mortgages, remember. So in other words, you're paying £1,390 a year on a £100,000 mortgage. Um, so that roughly works out around about just over £100 a month. So what could yeah. you buy for £100,000? Um, probably a pretty good house. It would rent for about £600, maybe a month, Richard, if I'm right, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at £600 a month, and your yeah. mortgage interest is only about £100, leaving you £500 to cover your incidentals and your overheads. Um, that's a pretty good deal. Um, yeah, so I think these are all the rates. Uh, you would get I think one thing to bear in mind with that as well is that uh, Mortgage Works have just recently moved their rates in line with the uh, recent increase in the Bank of England interest rate. 
Yeah, that's what so I'm that looking is, at the now, James. So, so these are new rates, and yeah. they're still very competitive. Yeah, and that's perfect. So there, there you go. There's a limited company. So if you're limited company, seventy-five percent loan to value, two thousand pound fee, and it's two point four nine. Now, personally, and where I buy, I buy in the middle. So I always go for the arrangement fee of nine ninety-five because the differential and incremental cost in two point four nine, two point five nine on the mortgage I get is a lot less than than what the thousand pound as you pay extra to get the cheaper rate. If that makes sense. So you're actually saving money. Uh, by getting this one at a wee bit higher rate instead of arranging this one, they get these they get these upfront fees, you see, and that's what smooths it out. So they're, they're you're not really paying them two point four nine; you're actually paying them about end up about three and a half percent over two years because you're paying an extra two thousand pound for it. But in this case, you're only paying an extra thousand pound um, here, which actually makes it more better for it. Some of them have none. See none two point nine four. But then when you work at the 2.94 to the 2.59, the 0.4 is usually more than the, the thousand pound you would pay extra um, for this one and that one. So that's just a that's just a wee top tip. Um, be careful of your vital mortgages and how you get them and how you do them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, Jim. That was quite good, actually. Yeah, and, and the, these new rates are, well, as you say, um, they're quite good. I've got a couple of comments. I've just got the morning, Heather. Um, Duncan, I see you've got a question for Jim there, but we'll jump back to that later or he'll answer off the show just so we didn't digress too much. Um, yeah, but most buy-to-let mortgages are fixed rate and just like residential loans have plenty of repayment re repaying the balance before, uh, as a penalty for repaying the balance before the end of the fixed rate period, period. So savvy landlords often take out a standard variable rate first and then switch to a competitive fixed rate after renovations to avoid wasting thousands of pounds in charges. Um, but aside from dipping into your savings, uh, options for funding and uh, renovation work, obviously there's there's a few, and obviously um, rolling the cost into the work uh, of the works into your buy to let mortgage. Have any's ever done that before? No, that's in the that's in the, that's in the refurbishing rent. That's in the yeah. refinance and, and uh, refurbish, refinance, and and re relay again. So that's how that's how I would do it personally. Yeah. I would actually upfront the cost in the beginning and then I would actually get them out at the end. And we're going to talk yeah. about that on Monday night, actually. A quick one yeah. I'll show you um, here is uh, this is the one we're going to talk about on Monday night. Um, I'll just quickly show the screen. Um, so this is 39C what I bought. So this is the this is the original yes. picture. So that's the original lounge. See the fireplace in the background there? Um, mm -hmm. See the how it was pretty drab. Um, and there's the, be the bedroom. Nothing special. And there's the other side of the bedroom, and there's the shower room, uh, and there's the kitchen. So all pretty basic. And it was a rental anyway. It had been a rental for about 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, so I picked it up. At, I'll not tell you what, I, well, I'll maybe tell you what I picked it up for, but I'll tell you on, on the Sunday night. I know what you picked the, up for, yeah. I'll tell, you on Monday Monday night, I'll tell you on Monday night's show, but I'll tell you what, it'll blow your mind what I got this for. But this yeah. is, this is, this is they're, they're all out there. You just have to learn how to do this. Um, and then there's the new pictures. Look at that. That is the that is the that's the same lounge, uh, yeah. and then the other side. The fireplace is now taken away because I don't need it because I've got a proper heating system in, which gives energy efficiency and actually heats the place properly. Uh, there's the new kitchen, so a brand new kitchen in there, and the boilers in this cupboard, uh, and there's the kitchen from the other side. Uh, there's the shower room, so uh, again uh, all this all this different, uh, and there's the bedroom and the other side as well, and then there's the view out the back. I mean, the view at the back there is really nice, right. right across, right across the town, yeah. And literally, literally, I'll talk about that, and uh, and and that's a no money down deal. I actually don't have any money in that anymore, and I still own the property and still earn money from it. 
Wow. Yeah, that was a really good one, and obviously I'm not going to figures and things about what you got in the. In well, we will. We will, as I said, we'll talk about that in the next show. But that that turned into and and take it from there and actually teach people how to do this over a period of time. Yeah, that turned into that's right in the centre of the town. It's like a trendy kind of loft apartment thing, and it didn't even make the market. We we got somebody through. Obviously, well, we got we got somebody we got somebody that committed a year's rent, paid it all up front, yeah. and actually got the mum. Their mum is a guarantor, and they're a student yeah. in St Andrews. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, perfect. So, what more could you ask for? And and I'll tell you what, I'll blow you away what what the numbers work out is. But I'll I'll tell you that on Monday night. Yeah, cover that one on Monday. That's a really good one. Um, Did I say about Monday night? <laughs> I think we plugged that enough, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, Richard, you can't plug it enough because there's people out there, and it's like, remember, I'm in the position that they probably want to be in, um, and, yeah. and a lot of other people in the whole of the UK want to be in, probably even the world want to be in, and I've been fortunate enough to trod that to trod, trod that path and actually smooth that path out for everybody. So instead of going zigzag, 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 stop, start, stop, start, going back and up and down, I'm basically showing people how to go right on the track from start to finish, and almost in a in a a super highway, um, rather yeah. than actually taking the taking a B road, um, I'm actually I've actually got a super highway and a blueprint for that. Yeah, and the thing is as well, there's not a lot of people out there that are willing to share their knowledge to uh, allow people to kind of uh, progress um, as as we're going to be doing. Uh, there is on no one out there with the experience I have, Richard. This is what you have to say. Every single person that's in buy to let says, "I've been in this for 15 years." They don't say I've been in it for 30 years. It's very rare you get anybody like that in this business because it was never, ever a thing all these yeah. years ago. So it's experience and track record and understanding where all the pitfalls and the hurdles are in order to to to, to stop anybody else um, hitting that because it is a big financial loss for people um, mm-hmm. if, they can, if they hit the wrong thing. So it's all about minimising the downside and risk management and taking away that for somebody and making it easy for them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and just to round off, obviously, about um, financing and costs and things, and obviously um, the the um, refurbing things could also be funded by, obviously, short-term refurbishment, bridging finance, um, releasing equity by remortgaging your own home. A lot of people are a wee bit on the fence about that, but obviously if you if it's done properly and you're speaking to the right people, then it's it's a good way to find the finance to build your... Build your Why, uh, James, you've got experience of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I got started. So yep. I was I basically fell into your accidental landlord situation. We bought a mm-hmm. new house in Burnt Island, significantly more expensive than the one that we were in. And uh, done the whole refurb and then refinanced out the back of that, and that allowed me to buy another three properties off the off the refinance. Yeah, so, yeah and then another one as well is as I I still have a mortgage on my house, and the reason I've got a mortgage on my house is it's one point six nine percent interest only. Absolutely, it's the cheapest lending you'll get. Yeah, why? Why would you not get that? And and for people out there, say, oh, but you're putting your house in the line. How are you putting your house in the line? Because you're taking the money and putting it in another house. How's that putting your house in the line? And mm-hmm. that other house is actually earning money. The money you've got your house in the now and your mortgage on your non-mortgage is actually costing you money every month because it's a liability. Your house that you're sitting in just now is a liability. It costs you money every single month in overheads. The money that you then take from there and possibly invest in other properties actually earn money every single month and appreciate in value. Uh, I know what one I would be doing. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think if you've got that money tied up in your in your own property and you're really looking to start down that journey of obviously building a bully collect portfolio, that's yeah, that, there's your key. You just need to speak to the right person about how to release that properly and, and then how to obviously invest it properly as well. Um interesting question here. Uh, Duncan's just chipped in there. How easy is it to swap management companies? I'll 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 drop you a message after this, yeah, Duncan, yeah. and we could have a chat. Yeah, but obviously, like I say, recommend speaking to an independent financial advisor to clarify what you can borrow and which lenders and loans uh, are right for you. So always speak to the right people, I think, is the, is the clear um, piece of guidance there when it comes to obviously uh, costings and financing and things. Okay. Um, now let's talk about sourcing homes to renovate. And obviously, the, there's a lot involved in obviously picking the right areas and, and homes that are kind of in the niche of what you want to have your target audience to be and once you've confirmed your budget and chosen your location it's time to start looking for a property with the right potential um so i think obviously now um looking through the property portals and things is what everyone does um i think it's also key to keep uh, in touch with local agents speaking to the right people again people that are on the ground and agents that are um, in the mix and, and keep an eye on the market and look at what buy to let opportunities are out there and look at good investment properties um, I do it myself quite a lot. Obviously, if you are looking uh, in certain areas throughout Fife, I mean, I, I keep an eye on the market quite a lot. Um, I do some vlogs and things that obviously pick up on quite good investment properties. So feel free to message me anytime. Um, Can I just interject there as well, Richard? Yeah. Um, so the property I bought in Glenrothes uh, yeah. that you done the, the walk around for, yeah. that was never listed on a portal. So oh, yeah, the one, yeah. It helps to look at solicitors, notaries, and that sort of thing. Look at their website because they often sell property that doesn't hit portals. Yeah, it's interesting because they can't afford to do it, can they? Um, so, so, so small solicitors can't afford the subscriptions for Rightmove because they're about it's about uh, two thousand pound a month to go on Rightmove. Um, so, if it's two thousand pound a month, they can't afford to do it because they're only doing maybe twelve properties a year. So that doesn't it makes it prohibitive. So, what they do is they just put it on. It says James says yeah. they just put it on their website, and that is it. So it gets no exposure at all. So it's a golden opportunity to actually take up. I mean, I've got a conflict here, obviously, because I'm an estate agent. <laughs> and I'm a damn yeah. good one. <laughs> but I do oh, think that... And I would never, I'd never ever say to anybody, for God's sake, didn't I sell your property like that? Because really, in my heart, and come and I'll sell your property because I get more than everybody else. And because yeah, right. I do it properly and I understand the dynamics of it. But... For for these ones, it's like what James says. That you know, solicitors are like, oh, we're not really bored if we get the right price for it. We'll just chuck it on our website, hope for the best, and put a board out the front. Nobody sees that now because that's not how anybody's trained anymore. And um, so James actually is absolutely right. That is one way to do it. We won't give away too much on this show because <laughs> we want you Monday night, Saturday. <laughs> we'll talk about it then. I think as well, uh, the ones that uh, are listed on solicitors' websites and things and aren't on the big portals, a lot of the time they are part of uh, an estate and maybe obviously some a deceased property and that's why the solicitor deals with the estate and that's how that is. Yeah. Um, you have to be sensitive to that as well. Yeah. So but, trolling um, property portals, yeah. approaching local estate agents, uh, auctions? Actually, I mean, there is there is deals to be had. There's, there's uh, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. Do you think, James, I don't, I don't think we have a good selection of auction sites in Scotland. Yeah, um, you know, homes under the hammer is a classic one for that. Everybody sees yeah, it in England, but yeah. in Scotland, it's not really that prolific. So we have a there's a there's a couple, but the, the quality of the housing tends to be the housing that nobody's wanted in the first place. So, yeah, and uh, there may be. A, 
maybe hard to rent areas or uh, there's you know maybe a, a prevalence of crime or whatever. Um, so auctions aren't a great, a huge thing in Scotland, but in England certainly there's a lot of good yeah. opportunities that I've seen in there. I've never ever bought from auction ever, and I won't ever ever buy from auction. I'm knowing the I'm knowing the process of uh, outbidding other people. I'm not in the process of actually competing against other people. You get my offer, that's it, done and dusted. You either accept it or you don't, or I'm off. Right. Next, I'll go and get the next one. That's it. Yeah. It's just a waiting game until the next one comes along. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, it says, obviously, they're pounding the pavement and basically get out there and have a look at, obviously, the areas and things that you are looking to invest in and see what the... The general kind of obviously the tenants are liking that area of what the, the, the schools and things are all like and obviously get a feel for a place before you start investing in it and, and if you don't know a place and you're obviously investing for afar speak to somebody who's in the know and and, and obviously in the area um i.e a, a local agent um, but yeah the renovation game i think we'll, we'll speak about now which is really important and i think when taking on a renovation project you you're best to start small and know your limits don't buy a massive wreck with multiple structural uh, issues and if uh, if you're new to the game that could be quite a big undertaking and it could put a lot of people off because you could you could yeah, hit a lot yeah. of hurdles and think god what am i doing here and, and feel a wee bit out of your depth um take the time to build your experience grow your knowledge and gather a team of trusted contractors just to plug about contractors there we have spent many years building our contractor list um and and obviously it takes a long time to build up good relationships with contractors especially local reliable and uh, competitively priced contractors as well so uh, that's that's a really big um, part of the whole renovation thing is having good contractors mm -hmm. who are going to do things on time and obviously keep your costs down um, however complex or straightforward uh, however complex or straightforward the works it's vital to get the finish right so too cheap and your buy to let will be difficult to rent with uh, a disappointing income and high rental turnover um, and too expensive, you'll be out of pocket with a low return on your spend. So there is a there is a balance to find there. Do you know when you want yeah. the place to look a certain way and attract a certain tenant and command a certain rent level? Um, but you don't want to overspend and then feel like you've you're out of pocket mm -hmm. and and still not achieving um, a rent level that you wanted to do. Um, and I'm and you guys obviously will be well aware of that that fine balance. And James, you've been doing it. You're in the middle of doing it right now. And obviously, Jim, we're project managing things for you at the moment. So. Um, well, yeah. I'll say on that every day is a school day and uh, <laughs> I was at a networking event recently and got speaking to an accountant and uh, I found that I've perhaps overspent on some of the things that, that I could have actually claimed uh, a bit of discount on yeah. so when the properties are empty and it's under full refund there's a, a nominal rate of fat that you pay at 5% but I've always paid the 20% rate so yeah it could cost you a few thousand pounds if you don't have that knowledge but yeah if mm -hmm. this day is absolutely a school day yeah yeah definitely and i think that's like if you're starting out you're going to come up against these things that you didn't expect or or things that you find maybe challenging um and that's when you refer back to people that have been there done it and obviously able to advise you from experience um jim yourself obviously you've done quite a lot of innovations in the middle of a few at the moment um and there, are, there is there is a, a knack to getting that fine balance of not spending yeah. too much but Personally, I would never go for a complete refurbishment um, yeah, property. Yeah. I tend to look at properties which will maybe need a new kitchen, new bathroom. Um, I, I try to get ones that are the electricity is all right because I kind of stand the rewiring thing. If you've got yeah. to rewire something, you're, you're ragging all the walls. Yeah, it's a hell of an expense. Um, so 
If it's got a new heating system, if it, the electrics are fine and they're passable, then kitchens, bathrooms, and a decoration and carpets is perfect. Um, and, and then maybe changing windows if it's absolutely necessary. But most properties now have double glazed windows. Yeah. Um, so that that's about it. that that tends to be the 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 full implications of my 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 uh, modernization in terms of what I do because it's a it's a again it's a blueprint I've always stuck to. It's you know stick to your knitting. Um, that's mm -hmm. it really. I've always been taught that by it was Keith Cunningham actually, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, yeah. who is Rich Dad. He actually said stick to your knitting and uh, and actually he said uh, when you look at somebody uh, ask them do you eat your own cooking. <laughs> and that's a good way that's a good way of finding out if somebody is actually is actually good at buy to let do they actually yes. do what they're teaching and and are they actually very very successful at it and um, that's when you should be taking your advice from them uh, and i eat more <laughs> cooking and do more knitting the thing with the full reefer was it was absolutely necessary as it turned out because some of the electrics were uh, there was no earthing so it was quite sporadic throughout the house. Some bits weren't, some bits weren't, and uh, yeah. Rather we're, start, than... we're starting to get caught out in that, aren't we, James? Because yes. um, that you you know yourself, Richard. The original legislation actually said that you were okay in certain situations where that wasn't necessary. Yeah. But now it's a lot more stringent, and uh, and we're starting to see when we're, we're EICRs, the new ICRs coming through, that previously it was possible and now it's not, and and that's fine. Um, but it's not a huge safety issue. It's just something you've got to do you to tick the box yeah. um, for the next phase. So it's okay to run it for the five years uh, up till the expiry, but from then on, you'll then have to get that done. So we, we will have to come over the, uh, that, that hurdle. And, uh, and yeah, it will be a costly investment, but it's all part of investing in your properties and your stock. Um, you have to make sure. Um, I always err on the side of caution and say, you're probably talking about 20% of your top line income is going to go into repairs and improvements over the years. Uh, continually yeah i think to, to make sure that the property is uh, up to date and complying um, and, and that that ensures richard that you'll get the best rent you'll get the best tenants mm -hmm. and they'll stay a lot longer because you continue to look after the property and that's what you really want uh, the two biggest killers in buy to let are are the um empty property uh, so it's uh, occupancy rate and it's the the refinancing cost to the the rental level um, so it's the margin. Um, so these are the two things that you want to focus on the most. And, and we'll talk about that again on in, in our successive shows um, yeah. uh, uh, we're going to be doing. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, and the electric side of things has become a costly part of it. But like you see it as an important and it's, it's relevant to the fact that not just from a safety aspect. You know, yeah. anybody that thinks landlords are running about in Ferraris and Lamborghinis is a fool. Because um, they're not. It's the it's the idiots that show themselves online to sell you a course. Uh, actually, uh, are only doing that in order to get you to buy their course. But the reality is, they're buying their course from the money that you. They're buying their Lamborghini and their Ferrari from the course that they're selling you. They're not buying it from the house and the money that they're making. Um, that's how they're getting it. Um, so more fool you, really. Um, so you need to look, and we'll teach people as well how to look behind that and find yeah. out if anybody's actually the charlatan. Or are they actually the real deal? That's what it's all about. Are these people the real deal or are they not? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the, and the renovation game. So obviously there's different aspects. I think, like, I think like Martin Lewis. Eh? <laughs> the Martin Lewis of the buy-to-let world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously you've got the complete refurb. You've got obviously conversions where you could partially uh, divide up properties into apartments and things. Like you see a lot of people doing that. Certain areas that's that's more common than others. 
uh, just modernizing properties, um, obviously uh, remodeling, um, or even just doing a refresh of a property. And I think so it, it depends what kind of level you want to go into with your buy to let, whether you just want to do a few, obviously, touch ups and get it on the market. Um, what I've seen a lot just just now is obviously there's a lot of property coming to the market that there's obviously a lot there is a lot of investors and landlords and things that exit in the market and it's leaving a, a, a lot of properties there to be picked up by investors and thankfully when I go in and I've been I've been looking at a few for investors recently and it's good to see when you go in that the electrics are done the smoke alarms are in place they've got a good few years left in them I'm like look all you need to do here is freshen up the paint maybe sort of a bit maybe it's bathroom kitchen or whatever and you're good to go um, and that's kind of that's that's that kind of uh, one in between where put a wee bit into it but not too much and get it on the market and mm -hmm. um, obviously command a good rent. Jim, I think like you just say is obviously not picking up complete refurbs um, uh, yourself. Obviously, you've just been doing that recently, um, and whether it's just your kitchen, bathroom, or even just a bit of decor. Yeah. Um, James, do you feel like you've been that kind of in between? Like just not a complete refurb, but but adding value and getting it on. Uh, yeah, uh, I've just had mixed experiences, really. Right. Uh, you know, the current one, it's just in the kitchen, bathroom, and a bit of decoration. But I have went to the extent of stripping back a house to basically nothing and starting again, sort of thing. James, uh, so let me ask you a question. Do you often get into it and when you originally buy it and you think to yourself, oh, okay, I'll buy it and I know what to do? And then when you get there, you think to yourself, I'm actually going to do a bit more because I didn't feel like I would want to live in there. Uh, no, I tend not to do that. that <laughs> that's, that's emotional attachment, Jim, and we don't okay. do emotional detachment. <laughs> and and but but what I'm saying is sometimes you just see that okay, I'll change the carpet and I will change, I will decorate because it doesn't look the greatest part it was now that I see it a bit more, and I wouldn't be comfortable living in it myself like that. So I'm not so I'm not talking about I'll, I'll just completely refurb it because I feel like refurbing it because it feels emotional to me. It's just like it maybe wasn't a what I saw in the first place. Um, so I'm okay with that. It's still within tolerance of my budget. I was thinking about patio door for the for the next property. This well, there uh, you go. Classic example. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, it's that's, a classic that's, example. There, there is wee bits you think to yourself. Actually, I would probably like that, and I know the tenant would like that as well. And for the cost implications, and to get a better quality tenant, and actually to get. Some that would actually prefer that better uh, and actually mm. add value to the property because you know yourself um you get the old antiquated aluminium patio doors it's like yeah. you, you know you open it up and it's like <laughs> you have to haul it along i see Richard, you've got that experience as well but you have to haul it along and you think oh god this is this isn't going to go down well when somebody moves in um so i tell you what we'll just do we'll change it um, and 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 that'll be it done and i'll not have any problems because it does put a lot of people off doesn't it Mm. Absolutely. It's just because obviously there's a nice patio in there out the back, and if you get direct access from the living into that into that patio, then it's brilliant in the summer. Yeah, um, I, I think obviously I would never advise anybody to overspend and and make it too personal. But I think, like you say, there's aspects of it when you're doing a renovation to think, Do you know, that would be really nice, and that would be really nice, and it would be beneficial to the tenant. Um, and things and it would command a, a better tenant as well because they're going to see that you've taken the time and the care to think about things like that and upgrade it. Yeah. Hey, I've got an interesting question here. I know. Can we cover that at the end? Okay. So Martin okay. asked a question. Martin, we will cover that at the end for you. So yeah. we'll get the, we'll get the show out the way. We'll cover all these questions at the end and we'll go through them. 
Yeah, uh, there's other questions like Duncan and things which I see is yeah. if we digress too much, we're running out of time, but we'll come back to everybody's questions that are coming through. Um, but yeah, I think then we come to renting out your property. Um, and I think um, a lot of people think as soon as you've completed your renovation, then it's time to look for tenants and get it on the market. And I think what we found recently, what I've been doing, and, and as we just demonstrated, your one, Jim, your renovation that you had up there, um, is to find a tenant before <laughs> you put it on portals and things. And it's obviously we are we are using and utilising social media to do that. And that's how yeah. I, I found your tenant for your renovation one there. Um, so, yeah, definitely get it out there, demonstrate and show people what you're doing to your property as you're doing it. Um, and you will generate interest and find somebody before having to actually put it out there on the open market. Uh, and that's where a lot of things are. Trick, and again, we'll discuss it on successive shows. Uh, yeah. We're going to be doing on Monday night to get a tenant lined up before you actually buy the property. So the day you buy the property, the tenant's actually moving in. And actually to get to be able to renovate the property before you actually buy the property, but actually have security, you know, ownership, because um, you've got concluded missives, and actually get that over the line. So again, the property is completely refurbished on somebody else's money, because they're financing it until you buy it on the day you buy it. And then the tenant moves in with a brand new property, all kitted out, and you've got money from day one and buying it. And that's exactly what you want. Yeah, definitely, and, and it's and it's a tried and tested, um, obviously, uh, model that we've been using, um, and uh, it works, and it, it does find you. If somebody's going to get in there and, and keen to take the property and, and forthcoming, they're going to they're going to pick it up um, yeah. when you're putting it out there as it's being done. So yeah, definitely show people your journey, show them what you're doing, show potential tenants that you're. This is what I'm doing, and this is what it's going to look like, and 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 be enthusiastic about it, and. Uh, I think I, I, I we raised the question, Jim, after after speaking to a few landlords and things uh, a few weeks back, that a lot of them shy away from telling people that they're private landlords and don't want people to know. And I think you should be you should be proud and kind of shout at that, shout about that, and, sh and show people what you're doing because obviously um, at the end of the day, we do are. You know, do you know? I'm, I'm going to say this quite blatantly and quite yeah. straightforward. Um, some people want to see you get ahead, but not ahead of them. Yeah. Um, and there is a, there is actually people out there that just want to keep you right down where they are. Uh, and that's why they'll sit and, you know, you you shove your head above the parapet, you're going to get eggs thrown at you. That's the reality. And and if you're not prepared to do that, and this is why another thing that we do in our masterclass, we will teach people how to mentally cope with these situations and what books you should be reading, what people you should be following, what other things you should be doing, and mentoring that we could do as well in order to overcome these hurdles because it is effectively running a business. It's not just you buy a property and that's it. Or mm -hmm. if you don't want to do anything like that, just come in, let us do the property fund, you joint venture with us, and then we'll we'll take you from there. And you don't have any involvement at all, but you still make money because we'll make money at the same time and you make yeah. money with us. Um, so there is other avenues to do that and um, other ways to do this. But as I said, there's a lot of people out there that just want to castigate, you know, they just want to see the world burn in, in essence. Um, at all costs, they couldn't care less who it affects and how it affects people as long as they can see the world burn. That's these types of people. Keep away from these people. They're very, very toxic. They're not good for you. They're not good for anybody around about you. And you'll probably find when you go into their Facebook page and actually look at the number of friends they've got, it's probably in 100. That's it. They don't have any friends at all because everybody's disappeared from them because they're toxic. Yeah. They don't know that yet. Pigs don't know pigs think. That's the reality. <laughs>
I love all your different sayings, Jim. But uh, yeah, very true, very true. But um, yeah, so I think apart from obviously getting ahead of the game and obviously showing your journey from our innovation, it is important to have a good letting agent and make sure that they are local to your property. They know uh, they have a history of renting out similar properties nearby. They use good photography and marketing. They're enthusiastic, write good descriptions, advertise. Um, on, on a lot of the major uh, um, obviously portals and things like we say that the solicitors and that don't have the facility to do that um, they have a really good management team um, and have a thorough referencing process these are all key points that you should make sure your, your agent has um, and uh, ask them to show you examples of homes that they've let that match the quality and location of your rental property and check uh, google reviews and things as well is also a good indicator for agents uh, and local agents in areas um, and don't forget um, the essential elements of how does it feel when you talk to them? Obviously, do you get the real, the right vibe from your letting agent um, and should be uh, and enjoy talking to them and feel you could trust them? I think transparency and trust and things, you need to have that with your agent and have a good working relationship. And uh, I've got a lot of, uh, all of my landlords hopefully have got that uh, relationship with, with myself and obviously the management team and things. Uh, and that is very important and, and a key uh, a key element uh, of your journey, especially if you're obviously uh, using a local agent. And then I think um, to bring, also, I was going to say, James, um, how do you find your agent? <laughs> right. So I've got, I've got experience. I've got experience with three agents at the moment, and I actually took a property away from an agent because they talked a good game and short delivered. Yeah. Uh, which could potentially left me open to getting taken off the land or register and that sort of thing. So Which is, that's like, that's a scary prospect that your agent could put you in that position. Absolutely. So uh, I transferred that to you guys and so far yeah. everything's been good. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Had to, and, and that's what I mean. And, and we have a, a really good working relationship. We could speak freely, very transparent and things. And I think that's, that is the, the basis of a, a good working relationship with your agent. James understands the challenges still, so he understands what it's like for a managing agent. It's not yeah. that it's not it's not just all uh, roses and sweetness, um, and understands that mentality. So he he is tolerable of some certain situations which we have to overcome. Um, whereas a lot of people in buy to let when they originally start out, they think it's all glitz and glamour and roses and you know and beautiful, and it's all just money coming in all the time. But they don't realise all the 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 constant uh, hassle it's, it causes um, but that's why a lot of people choose to use a managing agent because it takes yeah. all that hassle away just like me i've done it the first time that you know up to the point of retirement at 30 year old all it, it was always done myself i tried to get a, two or three other uh, letting agents and train them train their agencies to actually work who i worked and they just couldn't do it so i just felt i had to do it myself and then eventually when i retired I then got to that point where I thought, I'm just going to start my own. I'm just going to build my own letting agency. I'm, I'm going to build my own state agency. Pumped on the franchise route and then learned from that and then got rid of the franchise, bought uh, five properties, took it over, revamped it, redesigned it and engineered it how I wanted it. How it run for me as a landlord and yeah. how efficient it would run. You know how efficient I am. It's like yeah. with everything. Everything has to be completely ducks in a row all the time. And I get bent out of shape if it isn't. But that then, that then everybody else gets the benefit of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, like James yourself and, and a lot of other experienced investors and landlords will be aware. I think some of the accidental landlords maybe aren't aware of what actually really goes into the behind the scenes management of a property and, and the day to day things that 
that really do take up a lot of time and need um and need a lot it needs a lot of experience and you need to be qualified to deal with certain situations properly um and that's what obviously a, a proper managing agent does specialize in mm -hmm. so yeah put, put your managing agent to, to, to task challenge them and ask them things and make sure that they're they're capable of dealing with things before you enter into any um, contracts and things with them um so yeah and then i think we'll talk about repeating the process so obviously the title here is obviously buy revamp rent repeat um, so obviously after you've renovated rented out the, the property refinanced your buy to let it's time to look for your next project and this is the whole the whole um rinse and repeat kind of thing that we'll, i feel that like we'll I'm a, i feel like i'm at a rave rave <laughs> 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 rave repeat and sleep and whatever it is but it's like the way to let is it's like brrrr -R -R -R, and then now and again somebody adds on another r or another r and it's like well, what's the r this week um, but there is only a certain formula you do every single time. There's nothing, it's not about, re you didn't really reinvent the wheel. Nobody's no. asking you to make up your own ideas, just follow the bloody path. It's <laughs> like, it's like, it's amazing how many people just didn't follow the path. It's like, look, just follow the path. Just understand, this is what you do next. This is what you do next. This is what you do next. And this is what you do next. And you're instantly successful as a result of it. Um, That's tried it, tested. It's a done deal. <laughs> Yeah, I think if if you do if, if it's your first buy to let um, renovation and things, then obviously if it went smoothly and you didn't have any issues, which probably doubtful, but if you could do that, then do exactly what you've done this the second time round. But I think at the end of that, um, you need to kind of um, look back and think. Obviously, was it easier or harder than you expected? Um, what aspects of the project did you particularly enjoy? So there's a lot of enjoyment and and renovating a property and, and change, bringing it from one city, one state to the next state and then putting people in place and things. It is really good. And are you comfortable taking on the same amount of work again? Or maybe do you think, look at maybe a smaller project or thank God that was easy. Let's look at something a wee bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, is there a new and bigger challenge you'd like to take on? Um, and did you learn anything about dealing with suppliers and contractors and, and things? And that that will be a given that you will you will learn from your mistakes and um, to try and minimise that, speak to the right people as you go through. Um, like you're saying, Jim and, and James yourself, obviously through experience you learn uh, and able to pass on the knowledge to other people that look, this is what I've done and this is how it worked out. Maybe do this and this is, or, or do this. This is probably the right way to do things. Absolutely. Um, I, I've taken I've taken the perspective investors around some of the properties that are well getting refurbed at the moment, and actually yeah. went to a couple of viewings in Glenrothes. Uh, and they put an offer on the house and they got it exactly the price that I thought they would get it at. And uh, yeah, they're off full steam ahead with their first project now. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, with the more experience, you'll find your, your perfect niche, like what you want to do. And, and you might be in the mood for a more ambitious project or and flex your creative muscles, or you might prefer a less, more faster turnaround. And I think it's to find that balance of like where you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, some people do like doing bigger projects and 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 ripping a lot a lot out. Some people maybe just like, well, put a new bathroom in and give it a lucky paint and a new carpet and just keep it quite uh, quite mild as opposed to. I think it's, it's all down to the team round about you. Yeah. Um, if you've got a really good team, you can just say go and rip that out and replace it, and they understand exactly what your model is and what you're what you're expecting. Uh, then that's fantastic. If you've got a full-time job like me when I was in industry as a financial director and financial controller, um, you've not got enough hours in the day. You have to learn to multiply your time and actually create more than 160 hours a week for yourself. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, there is a way to do that. 
um, quite easily to create more hours in the week than you actually have uh, physically. Um, so there's ways to do that. But if you're struggling for time, then you really genuinely need a really good team about you. If you don't have that, then for God's sake, didn't start taking on renovation projects. No. Um, that's why I stick to a certain formula because I understand the dynamics of it. Because I can earn a hell of a lot more money doing something else than I can in buy to let. Buy to let is a big, big um, thing over medium to long term. It's a big earner over medium to long term. And, you know, it so happens it pays you money every single month as you, while you're waiting for that to happen. Um, and there's there's no other asset class that does that, um, I would say. Um, you know, stock market, but that's only going up 4% on average for the last 10 years, the stock yeah. market in terms of the returns. So buy to let over the last uh, 10 years has actually gone up round about, I think it's about 46% in value. And that's no taking into account that we were renting the property and then their money at the same time. So yeah. uh, which one's better? Um, property investment, <laughs> I would say. Um, so... You have to know your niche. Some people, I know other people are niched in HMOs. I know other people are niched in student lets. Um, I know other people are, le- are, are in uh, uh, just buying flip, James, buying flip. I, um, I, I, you know, some people are buying flip. Yeah, buy flip. And it's like, you know, why would you flip it if you can get all the money back out and just do the same again, keep the property and actually rent it and make money and actually let it appreciate in value? Why would you want to do that? Um, but some people actually still no got that. The penny's no dropped. I was just going to say, Jim, a lot of people don't, aren't, aren't aware that they're able to do that. No drop. It did happen to me in the beginning, and I did sell, funny enough, I actually sold um, just before the credit crunch, <laughs> made a few bob, about <laughs> triple the value when I bought yeah. them six years before, and then I sold um, just before COVID, and it's like, I know things that are going to happen. So maybe watch out for the next time I sell, and then that's when <laughs> something catastrophic might be happening. <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing is with these flips as well, you often find that they're a better standard of finish as well. So instead of the you know yeah. the, the standard, I don't know, ten mil worktops and stuff, you're getting the granite and marble and whatever else. Yeah. Can we talk about um can we maybe go back to the questions because we're running within the hour, so maybe go back and take a couple of questions, Richard. Yeah, of course. Um we'll go we'll, uh, Martin had quite a, an interesting one. Um and uh, you said that a lot of landlords are exiting the market. Is there a specific reason for that right now? Um, and I think, obviously, I, I've noticed quite a lot of, um, obviously, in the back of COVID and lockdown and things, that I think um, a lot of landlords who only had maybe one, possibly two properties, uh, and then the changes in tax and things, I mean, there was a lot of implications that um, forced a lot of them out and just thought, look, this is not worth my while anymore. And maybe that was the right decision for them, and that's good. But I think it opened up quite a lot of opportunities for new investors and, and current investors to build or start their portfolio. Uh, you knew what it was like before, that's the thing. And yeah, before it was actually really good, it was advantageous, but now it's a bit more difficult. The, I mean, the old investors, the new investors don't know that. So therefore, the new investors are quite happy to come in because the numbers make sense to them. So they don't, so where there's older investors that exit because of that, it's because of the legislation coming in. So it's becoming more and more draconian. But if you can, if you, if you understand that and you understand the vision about where you're going and the numbers are actually right, then it's only a matter of time before the numbers appear and, and, and you make it happen. That's all it's down to. And so, yeah, there's a lot of landlords exiting, but there is actually people just picking them up and and uh, and, and just continuing on with these properties. Uh, you don't really want a huge exit from the private rented market because, yeah. as again, you've got a, you've got a problem then for social housing because there's no there's no one to to, to um, accommodate them. Uh, majority of my stock is actually rented to people on social housing benefits. Um, yeah. because it was a market that I identified at the time was absolutely necessary because there still is a lack of housing. 
and 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 all our rents are actually affordable levels. And um, so there's there's you know there's nothing there's nothing uh, to say about that really, other than we provide a, a necessary function um, um, on behalf of probably the government. And, and, and to be honest, thank you, Nicholas Sturgeon. I'll just take my open view <laughs> whatever it is tonight. <laughs> to be honest, as investors, we like love picking up these types of properties because nine times out of ten they're already fully compliant anyway. So yeah, yeah. It is. They're ready to go, all you need to do. But you do have the odd one, James. You go around and think, wait a minute, there's only one smoke detector in the hall. There's, Aye, none, in the, there's none in the reception rooms. There's no interlinked. Uh, where's your EICR? Oh, well, I'm not really sure of what you're talking about. It's like, what? It's like, you should not be in this market. <laughs> you should never have been a landlord in the first place. Hence the reason why a lot of landlords, we actually say it to them, for God's sake, just send it to a letting agent. Let them do it. It is literally the less than the price of a cup of coffee every single day to get somebody else to look after your property and take all the hassle from you. And then yeah. you can go about your business and you could buy more properties. You could renovate more properties, make more money and elsewhere of what you're doing rather than try to save yourself £2.40 a day. Yeah. Get real. If, if, you're trying, if you're thinking that way, you shouldn't have been buy to let. You shouldn't be investing at all. You should just go and work for someone else. That's it. That's the reality because that is broke thinking. Yeah, I think if you're if you're an investor and looking for um, someone, you need someone to look after your your buy to let portfolio, um, and that is definitely obviously having the right management company in place. I think that brings me to the question, Duncan asked you yesterday, how easy is it to swap your management company? I mean, it is easily uh, done. I mean, to hear that you're looking to swap your management company, Duncan, obviously shows that you've, you're having real issues because I think it takes a lot to push somebody to actually change from a, a management agent. The benefit is, Richard, if you speak to him offline yeah. and, and give him that advice personally, so I would I would say catch up with Duncan online. Duncan had actually said as well, He's asked as well yeah. we bought a property from the upstairs, uh, upstairs neighbours are giving tenants grief and chase one off after three months, spoke to Five Council, uh, is that Fife Regional Council, maybe? I'm getting nowhere now. Yeah. Um, well, there's different departments. You could speak to the housing department, Fife Council. You could speak to environmental health officers if it's a noise pollution or if it's a, if it's a um, you know, rubbish line about outside the property. Um, and and we're, I'm in the process of doing that now with one. I spoke to Karen last night about it. Um, yeah. One of mine, it's the down, their downstairs neighbour, the council's downstairs neighbour, has got a fridge in the garden, they've got something else, they've got something else, and it's like, and I'm at the point of saying, I tell you what, just just go and clear it, and I'll pay for it. That's yeah. a wee, that's a wee thing. I'm paying for five councils' problems, um, and and that's another thing. I, a real bugbear because they're first to come on down down on me like a ton of bricks when there's anything out of place. They're on me straight away on my back and saying we're going to get that done. Yet when they do something and you see it to them, it's like, oh, well, we'll maybe get around to it. Oh, but COVID's a problem and we can't get anybody out. And it's like, stop making excuses, just go and get it done. Yeah. Yeah, no problem, Martin. That's fine. And like say, like we say, we'll um, answer. There's a few other questions, but I'll, I'll pick them up when we come off and, uh, and uh, give these answers to them. So, yeah, final thoughts, guys, because we're approaching the hour mark. And um, so, uh, James? Yeah, I think it's been good. It's uh, obviously going to... Uh, hopefully encourage more people to come into the, the market, you know, we're about yeah. sharing our knowledge, so we like to give back as well as, uh, you know, look at plans and projects coming up. Yeah, yeah. Keep, an eye, keep an eye on our channels, I mean, that's the thing, keep an eye on what we're doing, follow James as well, James has got uh, quite a lot of good information and knowledge on, on his personal profile, um, as, as well as myself, I've got my public profile, Jim, the official Jim Parker, um, yeah. I couldn't get the real Jim Parker or whatever it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's too much like Donald Trump. The real, the real Jim Parker. Please stand up. Uh, I didn't want to do that. Eh? Uh, so follow my public profile because I do about that, and and then definitely um, follow the public profiles because you'll get notification on Monday night six thirty when we go live and talk about this in further depth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, thanks very much for joining, guys. To everybody out there, obviously the whole. Um, the buy to let building a portfolio renovation game can be really exciting and great as long as it's done right and you've got the right people around you so yeah so thanks very much for joining me this morning i'm going to finish up there guys and i'll i'll pick up these questions that have come through as we've been talking perfect so, all right enjoy your Saturday. okay thank thanks you. for joining you bye cheers mate bye